So that was the intro to this Street This is Jesse Mock, an ex-motorcycle oh, cop injured in the line of duty. Now a police troubleshooter. He's been recruited for a top-secret government mission to ride Street Hawk, an all-terrain attack motorcycle designed to fight urban crime, capable of incredible speeds up to 300 miles an hour and immense firepower. Only one man, federal agent Norman Tuttle, knows Jesse Mock's true identity. The man, the machine, Street Hawk. Alright, so that's the theme song. How awesome is that? That is a hard driving theme song. That's what I was talking about, like Power Glove does now and uh, Sarah Hot Nights. Not Sarah Hot Nights, uh, Hot Nights 1984. Yeah, it's like, I was going to say, this is what, one of my favorites ones. Uh, they're by Tangerine Dream, and we're going back to our electronica coming back, what have you. Yeah. This is one of the bands that like started the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Tangerine it's like... Dream. Yeah, they were the first ones to really step out of what they were doing on their own because they had a lot of they had a lot of albums before they started doing soundtracks, but they were um, very artsy and they had a very like uh, devoted but small following. But then they started doing stuff like Michael Mann. I don't know if you ever seen Thief or Manhunter. Some of the yes. other stuff they do, they really like um, awesome theme songs. Yes. They uh, they did the theme song or theme music to Legend. You know, the Sword and Sorcery movie? Uh-huh. They weren't the original composers, though. Someone else was hired to do it, and then they recut it and changed the music. I don't know how I feel with more electronic-oriented music or guitar-oriented music in uh, Sword and Sorcery movies. It's always kind of bugged me. I don't know if you've ever seen Call the Conqueror, but are those guitar yeah. groups like, uh, hair metal, bleh. That <laughs> blows, you know. The time and a place, but, yeah. yeah. But, of course... One of the latest adventures out into uh, theme music was uh, for Grand Theft Auto V. And these guys started back in 1967. Yeah, they've been around for a really <laughs> long time. Now, they, f- they fell out of favor for a while there. They were doing soundtracks like two or three a year, or at least theme songs, and then uh, this kind of faded away. It's just, you know, it was a fad. Electronic music was not very popular unless it was like Prodigy, like really hard-driving techno. Right, right. But their appeal is back. I, I think it's pretty cool. And that's one of the best theme songs. One thing I noticed about it, though, not only does the show kind of copy Airwolf, but the intro to Street Hawk kind of copies it. You know, mm. Electronica, and of course with the theme, like giving you a description of what the show is about. That's what Airwolf did. So it's kind of hard for it to shake that kind of mimicry. Right. You know, and of course, Airwolf is much more popular than Street Hawk, but for a show that lasted 13 episodes... It has a very strong cult following. I mean, almost everybody my age I know remembers this show. I was afraid. I hated to see That's another one of the... I think I might have something to do with it, because it seems like every show I liked growing up, like, really got into, like, uh, Auto Man, what have it, they didn't last. Yeah. 
It was too expensive. The competition was too fierce. Here's the thing about Street Hawk is I didn't know this uh, until just recently. Uh, Street Hawk was supposed to get a season two, but they changed their mind when a summer series called Call to Glory with Craig T. Nelson did very well, and they pushed it to mid-season, and by the time it aired, it, it's just, uh, I think it lost its hold with the network and the audience. Old news. Yeah, so, you know, it, it, they just burned off the episodes, and you know, they sold the syndication, though, because... I remember watching reruns. I did not watch it during its initial run. Like a year or two later, they aired it after Voyagers. So right. Voyagers and Streethawk to a kid that's like eight years old is the most amazing two hours of your day. <laughs> Definitely. I think I'm in the same boat with you there. Wow. So the voice that narrated the opening is Ernie Anderson. A lot of people don't know who that is, but they know who his son is, Paul Thomas Anderson, who directed Boogie Nights, Magnolia, uh, There Will Be Blood. Okay. But he created the character Goulardi out of Cleveland. Now, we're from Indiana. Do you recognize that name? Goulardi? Yeah, he was like a horror host. Mm. No. Okay. He was uh, partners with uh, Tim Conway. They started in comedy together, and they went off in different directions. One started doing more voiceover work, while Tim Conway started doing more stage screen presence. Right. Yeah, you'll, you'll see t- pictures of Goulardi. Drew Carey wears a Goulardi shirt constantly throughout the Drew Carey show. <laughs> All right, so Rex Harris, or Rex Smith, Rex Harris, where did I get that from? Rex Smith, uh, the only thing I know him from besides this is Pirates of Penzance. I think he was more of a Broadway singer guy. No way. I, okay, I totally forgot about that. And he had a couple of hit singles, but I think, I think it started to fade away, and he started focusing more on stage and you know, trying to get some roles on TV. This should have been a breakout role for him. It should have been really good. I just I don't know why it didn't take off, because it was more than just like a generic procedural show. Right. And I love wow. the chemistry between him and Joe. I'm not going to say the name right. Regal Budo. Oh. Yeah. Regal Budo? Regal Bottom? No. Regal Budo. Let's say it. We'll call it that. So is this a real motorcycle or is this completely like a modified patchwork? Well, it's, modi- it's modified, but it is. Well, it's just. You know, bodywork on top of an actual motorcycle. But there's uh, actually three that they used. All of them Hondas. Where are we at here? 83 XL500, an 84 XR500, and an 84 CR250. All of them off-road bikes. I think one of them, but I don't really know my off-road bikes, but I think one of them is actually one that you can ride on and off-road. But, uh, oh, sorry, hit a button there. Uh <laughs> But beyond that, they're nothing special. Just they just put a bunch of really cool looking black parts on it, and I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, all I needed to do. When you're a kid, when you're a kid, you're watching this as all the gadgets. We love gadgets, even to this day. I think it's the James Bond mentality, and the fact that they packed so much. Like I had seen Delta Force, and he had like little rocket launchers on his motorcycle, but this <laughs> yeah. is so far beyond it. There's a TV show that came out like four or five years after this from the same studio, uh, Universal, uh, called Super Force. It, he had a motorcycle with a bunch of gadgets in it, but it was more sci-fi than like a modified reality. Mm-hmm. And that show stinks. I, we were, I was, <laughs> I was, ta- I was thinking about doing it for this episode, but I'm watching the movie, and I think I'm an hour into the movie, and they still haven't introduced the armor and the motorcycle. Nothing. And I'm just bored out of my mind. This motor. You say that this this particular episode, like the first episode, they didn't actually get on the bike until very close to the end of the show. All right, so but, all right. 
But it's a better, but, it's a better written Yes, album. it's much better written. And, and it, leading up to it, it was actually very good. And I don't know. It, okay, I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> it's gone now. Yeah, so anyway. all 13 episodes are finally available on DVD uh, from Shout Factory. They've been doing a great job getting these, like, uh, series that have kind of been abandoned by the studios out on DVD to the fans. There's a huge documentary with it, so you can see like the whole backstory and stuff like that. And um, there's an unaired pilot where the Street Hawk was com- was completely different, like different equipment and different style to it. So I'm interested in seeing what they had. Where's the unaired pilot? It's on the DVD set. Oh, definitely got to. Now it's Shop Factory. They're not going to come cheap. It's not d- dumped out there for ten bucks, but they always do a great job making sure that the prints are excellent and the audio is great. Good. And there's nothing blowing up. But there's no chase sequences. Right. right. Night Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. Michael Knight, a young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in a world of criminals who operate above the law. screw around <laughs> you're know, all business i had a bad habit i watched night rider uh on a regular basis with syndication you can see it on after school i think fox aired it after um little house on prairie like at seven o'clock at night and i caught that those episodes for a while and they showed it on the weekend uh but i never saw the whole thing through i have a bad habit of trying to start it every couple years i get through the first season i never make it beyond that you do the full run and start over or have you just kind of sporadically caught up you mean if I give so far and then take a pause? Yeah, well, <laughs> take like a on break? Netflix, I found myself watching the first episode. Then would, a year would pass. I'm like, all right, well, we're going to start again. Let's do this. Go team. And then I'll watch the first episode, and then I'll be like, okay, all right, we're good. And then I'll get about 13 or 14 episodes in, and then I'll stop, and I'll get distracted by something else. And fast forward two years. I'm, all right, let's, let's do Knight Rider again. All right, let's start at episode one. Why do I keep doing this? I've seen episode <laughs> one so many times, but I've only What's seen the name? maybe five episodes i have uh preparing for this i obviously didn't watch every single episode i'm sorry guys but that being said i've probably seen every episode we need to pause hey everybody uh so you might notice something weird in the middle of this episode we started recording two weeks ago and there was (laughs) an issue that happened and um isn't that funny that i might have to keep this for evidence (laughs) oh no <laughs> so as you'll notice the episode stopped abruptly last time uh which technically while you're listening to this was like 30 seconds ago uh right. it's because someone in your neighborhood got mugged and we had to stop recording while you called the cops yes 
<laughs> Thankfully, he didn't get mugged in our neighborhood. He was up and he was up downtown, but. Oh, man, that's yeah, crazy. Well, I, I thought about starting the episode over fresh, but I thought it'd be interesting if people had like that cliffhanger of, oh, who is that? Because when you said there's someone at my door and we're recording at your, where you live, it was like 1130 at night. And I'm like, oh, no, man, horror movies always start that way. Don't go to the door. <laughs> Don't go to the door. <laughs> so I left it recording for a, a little bit and I was like, hey, just in case I need this in court or something, uh, I'm just going <laughs> to let it go. Uh, no, and, and you were asking me where we were in the episode. We were discussing uh, watching Knight Rider and how at the end it got kind of like uh, a little dismal. You know, he's fighting ninjas and stuff like that. And uh, uh, I think this is where we were. Um, but I think it's kind of cool how the show started is where he's like this lone detective working for an agency kind of off the books where he's technically dead. I feel like I've seen that yes. plot device in something else. Does that sound familiar? Like like more recently, that someone stole that concept. Recently? Yeah, I feel like I, I remember saw RoboCop, but uh. well, yeah, that they just give a ma- that's as if you had combined Kit and Michael Knight into one. Holy right. shit! I never thought of that before. <laughs> RoboCop just takes the two and combines them into one. Yeah, at least he didn't get the thing. Then he'd be a Cylon. That'd be. Yeah, no. Oh, no, anyway. I know what I'm thinking of. It actually was right after Knight Rider. It was uh, Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Uh, he's a normal, he has like a fake nose and a mustache. He's a cop and he gets killed by other corrupt cops. And then they uh, give him plastic surgery and they have him part of this secret group that fights like terrorism, but in our country. And uh, that's kind of the way Knight Rider starts is, you know, he gets, I can't remember, he gets shot or something like that. And they give him plastic surgery and then he starts uh working for the Knight Corporation. Michael Knight is not his name. <laughs> Funny thing is, it's Michael Long. <laughs> well, that's a far, far stretch here, man. Well, at least he'll answer to his own name. They do that a lot. Like when, <laughs> They'll do that in real life, like with Tony Danza. And <laughs> whenever he's in something, it's just Tony, Tony Manelli, Tony something else. You know, it's like... Uh, <laughs> Tony's like the epitome of Italian names. I mean, <laughs> Tony, it's Tony. Anyway. <laughs> right now, some Italian listeners writing an angry letter. You sons of bitches, that's not, we're not all named Tony. <laughs> well, I did. You know, it's. It, t- I love. I've always wanted to be named Tony. I, I like the name, but I don't know. You you were almost named. Raul. Nothing against Italians, but <laughs> there's nothing cool about. Forgive me, anyone out there named Ron. There's nothing cool. <laughs> Ronald. I'm sorry. I just. <laughs> oh no no let's let's cap this one a little bit. It's Ronald Eugene. <clears throat> there's that. Yes. But. No, see, I, 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 I uh, yeah, I can't talk now. Um, sorry, Dad, if you actually listen to these, but I had no choice. I'm Ron, <laughs> Ronald Eugene Millington the second. Oh, you should have said your whole name. Someone's gonna come and steal your identity. What are you thinking? Well, how are they gonna do that? But <laughs> they just look me up in the phone book. But yeah, no, that's true. I forgot. At least my mom jumped in and said, "Hey." Fine, if you're going to do that, fine. But he's going to be the second. He's not going to be a junior. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> well, everybody loves the sequel. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got the most well, common no. name on the planet, Michael. Um, yeah, it's just, it, I find myself now, when I work at a really big company, it's like uh, Michael C. or Michael in electronics. Mike, you know, it's like, all right, I should have picked a, can I, can I pick a different name? Can I call myself Sasquatch Jones? We're not putting that on your name tag. All right. <laughs> Well, if Dave lived down here, it'd be a whole different story for him because I, I have like five guys around me named Dave. Oh, man. Just, we all got like pretty common like names. Like Bruce. Which name? Bruce? 
So I guess you know there's a lot of Michaels in the '70s too and early '80s. So I guess it's not that big of a like uh, a swing from. But it's just funny how they didn't really try on that. Uh, but there's a there's a weird phenomenon, uh, especially during the first season. If you watch it, you notice uh, the urban cowboy was a big thing uh, in this show. Like it seemed like every other episode had people like either in a country bar. You know, he'd go in there and meet somebody, and you'd have like the artist that was popular at that time or rising star. Uh, and then they would have like you know cowboy hats and just kind of the way that that cosmopolitan version of country was in that era. Right. Oh, I think we still have that today. <laughs> a lot of urban cowboys. Is there? Like, I thought that kind of died off. Oh no no no! I never wanted to be gangster. Well, well I, actually, that's that's kind of odd because I apologize for those of you guys. There's nothing wrong with it. No, I don't apologize for anything. If you like the music, you like. It's nothing wrong with that. Uh, no stereotypes here. But it's it's just a little odd when I see a country boy driving, you know, a farm boy driving in and blaring in his big four wheel drive truck. And I okay, they maybe that's a stereotype, but not around here. Um, blaring hip hop. I mean, it is, you know, it just is. well, well, it's weird, weird because we didn't grow up in that era. Um, right. Well, I grew up in the city, so hip hop was part of my life. So when I moved to the country, it's not like it was um, normal there. There, you know, we had that jukebox in our uh, our uh, commons area, and almost all of it was country music. Uh, you get right. a couple like Nirvana, maybe Guns N' Roses, uh, and the rest of the music was ignored. Isn't it kind of funny? There was like eighty CDs in that jukebox, and we only listened to like eight songs. It was like, all well, right. some of them are. Some were ignored because when they were played, the non-fanboys would go up and kick the machine. Oh, that's right. They had to get rid of it. <laughs> Did they have to get rid of that jukebox because people were sick and tired of the same songs? They're like, I hate this! <laughs> well, there was, people were messing it up. I was skipping the CDs, so... Yeah. Um, but for the most part, me liking rap, I was ostracized. Do you? I don't know if you had met me yet, but that freshman year, I was given hell to no end for wearing a Public Enemy shirt to school. And third base. So rap wasn't popular, I don't think, until after we graduated. It started getting popular with everybody around college time. Uh, it, um, But now it's kind of mixed in. There's country artists that will throw like rap beat into their country uh, or um, you know, add a little bit of twang to some rap music. It's, it's kind of crossing over into every genre. It's, it's kind of it's jarring a... because we're not used to it, but it's actually, I think, for mm-hmm. the best. When we become a melting pot of all different cultures, uh, it, it helps, I think, uh, stop that divide, which eventually causes like some sort of misunderstanding and hatred uh, and maybe racism, sexism, uh, whatever. These negative uh, behaviors disappear. One could hope. <laughs> yeah, but it is kind of funny when you see a guy in boots and uh, a 10-gallon hat uh, coming up in his 4x4 four four and he's got uh, Fired Up by Buster Rhymes playing. <laughs> Which, by the way, uses the theme music from Knight Rider. Do you remember this song? I rarely, barely, excuse me, remember that one. The first time I heard it was in that movie Can't Hardly Wait, and the movie kind of opens with it. And you're like, what is this? I love Knight Rider. And, and, uh, but speaking of, here, here, listen to the song. This, is, this might remind you. Yep. Uh, uh. <laughs> By the way, 90% of his lyrics have the word flip mode squad in it. I love Buster Rhymes, but it's, um, yeah, 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 flip mode squad, uh, uh. 
couldn't, I don't know what to put here. Just put in flip mode. <laughs> flip mode, we need a place to be. Where is this? Where is this place that we're supposed to be? Because flip, uh, flip mode squad is obviously there, and we can't find them. We don't want you here. <clears throat> it's a very exclusive group. There's six of us, and that's it. That's right. It's a shed. Oh, a wait. Small now there's five. A ball and, and a martini bar. <laughs> Boys, uh, no oh, girls allowed club. It's basically the little rascals all grown up. Well, there was one girl there. <laughs> was there? Uh, that's a little disturbing. Oh, we won't Darla. go there. Right? It was Darla and Little Rascal. Darla, yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny is uh, about a year ago I was posting an episode and this lady started complaining. Usually we get comments like, hey, awesome show. Oh, liked it. You know, like, she was like, you guys meander. You, you go off on all these tangents. You don't stay on topic. And I'm like, that's not how people talk. We go all over the place in normal life. This isn't like uh, a scripted show, so it just whatever pops in our head is how it goes. We're very bipolar. Yes, I, I, <laughs> in our I, conversations. Have, I have huge mental problems. I usually spend the night bashing my head against the wall, and then I will throw 30 comic books <clears> on the floor. I will cut out the pages, and then I'll tape them all together into one massive comic book, and that's how my brain works. Wow. <laughs> Things I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> what else don't you know? Um, but back to Night Rider. Uh, for the show, you know, it, it is kind of fluffy, but some shows are great that way. I mean, you don't have to have, uh, these huge arcs. You don't have to have, uh, uh I want to say this is more escapism, which, you know, TV needs mm -hmm. more of. Escapism is almost completely gone on television. It all seems like these dark, gritty, ultra-realistic, uh, kind of, just kind of screwed up. Like, families cannot watch most of these shows. Whereas Night Rider, you can show to anybody. What was, um... Oh shoot! What was the the Rise of the Phoenix? It started off right. There was the the uh, Wilton. That's it. His son, the one whose face Michael now has. Yeah. Okay. There was a little bit of an arc with him and Carr. Yeah, when Carr but... came in, that was kind of a recurring character. Wait, wait, was that a recurring villain, or was that was that just like a continuation of like episodes? Uh, well, the, most of the when those came in, when he was in there or Carr was in there, it's usually a two parter, but. Uh, car came back for another one, so okay. maybe okay. real small arc, and I think the son did as well. Why can I re not remember his name? But um, but he was in. I don't know if he was in two two part series or if there was others beyond that. But. Yeah, for some reason I thought it was a two parter only. <clears throat> There's two of them. There's I watched those and I watched both cars uh, to prepare for this, but. You know, it's funny is we were going to do this episode a year ago, and we're like, we should end the series on this because this is a huge show. And then we realized, uh, let's just do it now because it doesn't really matter because I rerun these episodes. There's really no first, there's no last episode, just whatever got posted that day. I mean, if you're if you're a consistent right. follower since the beginning, then it kind of changes things. But you know, I just want to talk about it. I kept thinking about this. Also, there's a reason why I want to talk about it. Is uh, there's a company called Mill Creek Entertainment, and they do these repackaged. Uh, budget versions of movie shows that are released by the studios. Well, they have the rights to Knight Rider right now, and they just released, I think, seasons one and two, and they're like 10 bucks. A... How can you beat that bargain? You can't. Uh, the only difference is between this release and the Universal release is I don't believe it has the special features, which include the Knight Rider 2000 movie, which you didn't get to see. And I, I was hoping that you would have, but I, we kind of just forgot about it until like, right before we started recording. The reunion movie. Well, oh, that's the one. Right, right. Okay. It's yeah, I've seen the night. Well, the night four thousand. That yeah, one. Yeah, 
it's not very good. Um, it's they had discovered that Knight Rider exploded in syndication, and it probably doubled its ratings, like consistent following. And they said, well, uh, let's bring it back for a movie. Let's see if people are still interested in. It. And so they put, I think, like six or seven million dollars in the movie, which back then in 1991 is a lot of money. Uh, the audience was there. Just not enough for them. Like when they started doing the budgets and balancing out what it would cost per episode, they realized it just wasn't going to work out. And it's kind of a shame because I think in an episodic way, Knight Rider works. In a movie format, mm -hmm. it just doesn't. Um, like it looked really good, really well filmed, good acting. Uh, probably the first time that I can actually look at uh, uh, David Hasselhoff and say, oh, he's actually good. Because let's just right. face it, most of his performances are physical and looking really dashing and charming and, and talking into a watch. He talks, I wonder if he ever got sick of talking into that watch. Like, hey, can we put a collar piece in? I just tap it once and talk. Is Can we do, no, I'm going to start to put it in front of my face. Okay, cool. <laughs> We're good. Like 90% of the episodes are just, really, am I going to talk into the watch again? Damn. <laughs> oh, I, could, I watched a movie. When I was preparing for this, I found, you know, you do a search for the Hoff, and I found this movie that you did prior to Knight Rider. And is it Star Crash? I think so. Was it and Star it was just, off? oh yeah. Holy crap, is he gorgeous. He's the prettiest thing in that movie. That movie has, has Carolyn Monroe, who's mega hot, James Bond girl, and yet you look at him going, whoa, you were discoed up. You were full glam right now. <laughs> right? Like, I'm the prince but of the, the universe. <laughs> right? Why do, why do I want to sing... Queen right now. Um, anyway. Flash! Oh, anyway. That, that, that's more Tiny Tim. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do the falsetto. A flash ah, is a of the universe. It doesn't have the same. It doesn't have the same <laughs> yeah, so I think I think between Star Crash uh, and Knight Rider, he had done a soap opera, and that's how he kind of mm. got his name out there. Did Knight Rider, and then after that, he struggled. Uh, he did a, like cheapo like Italian action films, and I've seen a couple, and they're awful. And uh, I'm sure he was so happy when they said uh, we're doing a Knight Rider reunion movie, and he's like, I am totally there. Do I have to hold the watch in front of my face for the whole? Shit, really? All right, it's a, it's a future. Do I still have to do that? No. <laughs> Well, we get you the upgraded model. All right. Hey, what, do you have any information on that upgraded model? Was that completely a kit a car? A kit? I, I didn't mean that. That was a not an intentional joke, people. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Sorry. No. Was it a? Was it a like a mod? What do you call those things? Um, why is the word uh, out of my brain right now? You know, when you make up a car, like the way. Uh, uh, a kit would. car. It's a kit car. Okay. Or concept. If that's what concept you're talking car. about. Thank you. A concept. Concept. Car. Okay. <clears throat> was it a real uh, car? Or was it? What car are we talking about? We're talking about the Knight Rider 2000. 2000? So that's the original car? No. That's the movie Knight Rider 2000? Yes. Okay, so you're talking about the Knight 4000. Oh, all right. Uh, yes, that, that that car, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're good, man. Um, actually, that was based off of the Pontiac Banshee, I think they called it the 4, yeah, the Banshee 4 concept car that GM had put out. So this never went but to it's not, you, it can, is, you can buy them. Yeah, it was based on it, but it wasn't it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> everyone, for years, I guess a lot of people thought it was the Banshee, but it wasn't even, it was actually a Dodge Stealth. It was a 91 Dodge Stealth underneath there. <laughs> huh. um, you know, Jay Orberg, we've talked about him before. Uh, he did, uh, like, the Batman, 
Batmobile from Batman Returns, uh, RoboCop. Uh, he did the Flintstones car. That's just a few that he's done before, but he's the one that built that as well. Uh, I think they essentially said GM wouldn't let them have the Banshee concept, so they had to do the next best thing and build their own. It just <laughs> I find it funny that there was a Dodge Stealth. I apologize if Stealth fans out there, but this is supposed to be a muscle car. I'm sorry, but, <laughs> you know. How many times have you apologized this episode? We're just going to call this the Apology Show. I'm going to be PC guy today. <clears throat> no. Okay. Um, no, I just, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I laughed a little bit <laughs> for no maybe a couple minutes nice when I'm like, stealth? No <laughs> who's, who's it, Dave? Dave's parents, they had a stealth, didn't That's they? That's right, they did. I forgot about that. It was a nice little car for what it was. Ah, it was like a backhanded <laughs> compliment. Just like a pokey little bit of stick. <laughs> No, I'm saying it's, it's it's meant to be a little like four cylinder. Maybe it was a six. I don't know. I'm right. sorry. Yeah, I do not know my a fine car. But to be in yes. a futuristic action movie, supposed to be like the elite futuristic car, it is a little silly. Yeah, but to be fair, no one knew that's what it was. So I mean, it's through the magic of movie trickery and everything. Nobody had any idea it was just a four cylinder car underneath all that. But um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> the funny thing there's an interesting tip, tidbit. Take a drink. <clears throat> anyway, everybody, he said tidbit. <laughs> the uh, that car was also after that was used in the I don't know was Chips ninety nine a movie or a, a... it was a reunion movie on no TNT. Ah, okay, so that was it was actually in there. It was used. It was a stolen car, supercar in there. It was also a future police car. And get this, Power Rangers Time oh. Force. Whatever Power Rangers that is, I don't know. I think they're all the same. It's like and it's just a bunch of guys yeah. with giant monsters going, I'll kick your ass. And he goes, I'll take over the world. And they're all made of rubber. <laughs> anyway. It's, you know what, <clears throat> you know what I do like about Power Rangers? As stupid as it is, it does the number one thing you should do with all Godzilla movies. Every Godzilla movie is 90 minutes long. It doesn't need to be. You know why? Because no one gives a shit about anything besides the monster destroying things or beating other monsters up. Every Godzilla movie should be 45 minutes long. That's it. Right. Opening credits, monster rises up, monster blows something up. Oh, he's misunderstood. Oh, here comes another monster. They fight each other. Done. Works for me. <laughs> I think it works for everybody. Because <laughs> I don't care about anything else. And that's why Power Rangers is so phenomenally popular. I have a feeling if I were Japanese that I would probably be more into it because it wouldn't be as cheesy to me because yeah, I could understand yeah. what the heck they're saying. Most of them, when they're brought over here, <laughs> the trans- uh, they're so... Translation sucks. It's crazy, the dubbing on it. It's like one dude, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that dude did the voice of Boris on uh, Bullwinkle. Natasha, <laughs> get away from the monster. <laughs> I'm sorry, we don't call for that accent. It's like, oh, man, I, it just it's so painful to listen to sometimes. But... Get away from Godzilla. <laughs> like I really want to watch this. Can we just do a MST3, MST three MST three thousand and do our own thing they, here? Yeah, they did just a turn down the volume. <laughs> like, uh, like around season four or something like that, they end up getting a couple of Godzilla movies and they're priceless. Oh, they're wonderful gems. Of did I tell you? Sorry, did I tell you MST three thousand is coming here to one our, to our IMAX? Ah! What? Yes, yes. I don't have the details in front of me, but I just had to throw that out you there, man. I, I am so city, going. Which is nice. I live in the <laughs> sticks, and nothing comes here. Oh, but I am seeing the monkeys. I'm seeing the monkeys Ooh. next month. And uh, speaking of future episodes of uh, 
I, I forgot what her name was. Uh, full throttle. Um, full so throttle. After Knight Rider, we have Viper. Uh, and then I was thinking of doing a retro episode, like where we discuss like the monkeys and get smart. Um, you know, because it's the 50th anniversary of the monkeys, and I think of get smart this year, and we can talk about their cool cars. And uh, you know, it's kind of popped in my head. But I want to oh, do it after show. I see the monkeys. What? <laughs> I thought you said we'd watch the monkeys and get smart. Oh. Oh, I got you. You're funny. (laughs) No, I'm not. Anyway. You think we should backtrack to where we were at the beginning? What's that? You think we should talk about the original Knight Rider? I think we maybe we should. (laughs) What? Where were we now? (laughs) Um, What I love about about Knight Rider is the fact that Glenn Larson was smart enough to go, everybody loves those Cylons for Battlestar Galactica. I know it was expensive as hell, and we couldn't keep it on TV, but you know that little thing that the Cylons had on their mask? Make a giant version of that and put it on the front of Kit. How iconic is that? That is awesome. I love that. He now, the thing he, is, he, he reused the special effects too um, from Battlestar Galactica in uh, Buck Rogers. Here's the thing: what was it, Larson, that put that scanner in there, or was it the designer as a homage to him? Maybe you know, I don't know. I should have looked that up, but I drink a lot and I don't have time. I'm like, I still have so much more whiskey to drink. Should I look up? Should I do proper research? No. Um, All I got was that it was an homage. I heard somewhere, read somewhere two weeks ago <laughs> couldn't find it again where it was an homage to larson's show there was a drunk I, there it was me it was in, i was in a back alley and i was whispering weird things like hey <laughs> hey did you know that uh night rider no, sh- sh- uh, hold on uh, night rider is uh, an homage to battlestar galactic and you're like how you crazy person and i'm like um i don't know go away <laughs> i gotta go poop in an alley The things I had to put up. These are the things I had to put up with in high school, fellas. Oh, you remember the nights when we'd stand recording ourselves saying ridiculous stuff like this, and then we played fast forward and laugh until two o'clock in the morning until one of my parents would come in like, "Knock it off! We're trying to sleep." Sleep? What's that? That's irrelevant. (laughs) I I just think about how little sleep we we rented. I can get ten hours of sleep now, and I'm like, I need more. I don't remember what game it was we rented. We rented uh, a couple of games, and you all crashed out, and I stayed out on you guys' back porch, and I played that game from start to finish. Paper I was Mario. up until like 5 morning in the morning, and I finished that game. Yeah, Paper Mario, <laughs> my father got up at 7 to go to work and saw that you were up, and you're like, oh, you got up early. He's like, no, I haven't gone to bed yet. And I got up around 9, and you're still playing. And like, I just finished it. Bloodshot eyes, cramped hands. You're like, I got to pee. What was that Friends episode? What is wrong with my hand? <laughs> it's a claw. Anyway. Um. <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> okay, so for me, I think Knight Rider is a good show to hop in on. Uh, you don't have to watch every episode. It's one of those, like, the A-Team, you know? There's, uh, well, except yes. towards the end. The end of A-Team's kind of like there's an arc. Uh, you can kind of hop in and out of the episodes. It kind of has the same pattern and formula, so it's a little generic in that way. But anybody mm-hmm. can watch it. You can watch it with your kids. You can watch it with the grandparents. Um, there's nothing like offensive about it. They don't have to know oh, what was previously on this episode. Uh, but it is fluff, and sometimes you need fluff. It's fun. Yeah, sometimes you, you spend too much time watching Law and Order, Order and your criminal shows. You, you gotta give your brain a break. There is this one time, we used to have a TV at work where it was uh, direct TV, and we had all these stations or whatever, and we are watching a vampire movie. It wasn't even like a bloody vampire movie. It was like an old one from the 70s or something. 
And, you know, it's a simple, like, he bites the neck and a little bit of blood comes out or whatever. It's like a Christopher movie, if I remember correctly. And one mm-hmm. of the managers comes in and goes, that's offensive. You shouldn't be watching that at work. It's not appropriate. And he switches over to Law and & Order, and the first thing is, so he raped this child. And you're like, wow, is this better? I, at least vampires aren't real. <laughs> that Law & Order stuff is real. Uh, it seemed really disturbing that he was okay with that, but not the other thing. Right. <clears throat> Some people. Yeah. Uh, but I do say this, Knight Rider did not really end. I don't think they knew that the uh, series was ending. Like, the final episode is some stupid, like, ninja episode. And there's no, like, coda, there's no wrap-up. It's just, oh, the episode ended. Which is kind of unfair that's, for all the fans that were there for the show. They should have given it some sort of finale. That's the sad part. I didn't even think about watching the final episodes. You're probably <sighs> for the better. It wasn't that good at the end. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I remember, this is funny, because I'm going back and I'm watching them now, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe I was watching later episodes and they weren't that good, or maybe they were that cheesy, but I remember coming back from college, and we were all over Dave's, and Knight Rider was on in syndication, I'm watching this, and I haven't seen it in years. I'm like, man, I cannot believe I ever liked this. Yeah, there are those moments. You have those moments. I keep getting away from the mic. Sorry, everybody. I keep getting away from the microphone. Um... I feel like I should get a headpiece, because I I find myself relaxing and getting way too far away from it. Uh, There are some episodes, uh, not episodes, there's some shows you loved as a kid, and you have, like, this nostalgia about them. But you haven't seen Mm -hmm. them in forever, and then you revisit, and you're like, oh, no, that's not not that good. But it makes sense to people of that age. Um, I'm okay with it now. I found peace with some of these shows not being great. Like, I've discovered Hill Street Blues in that time, you know, Crime Story, Miami Vice, Airwolf. Uh, you know, more sophisticated fare from that era. So it kind of changes. It's hard for me to watch those sitcoms that I liked it so much as a kid. Uh, and some of the action shows are kind of hokey. I, I do feel that a little bit about Knight Rider. I used to think it was just like unbelievably killer, like Dukes of Hazard 2. And then you realize, mm-hmm. oh, they're just silly family shows. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's the thing. Then I thought that. But now, maybe I'm, yeah, I'm in the same boat, I guess. Watching it now for uh, to prepare for this, and I'm thinking this is not as bad as I remember it being after college. I just what did I see? Maybe it's just that one episode that was just really bad. I yeah, don't know. There but. was there's a couple stinkers in there, and you probably lucked onto one of those. Probably, <laughs> it's like ruined it for the next ten, fifteen years. But <laughs> yeah, but if you now, compare I'm dating this, myself here. We're gonna go into the spinoffs here or the sequel series now. In <laughs> comparison, oh god. They're so awful. They're so awful. Okay, I never saw the spinoff uh, series Code of Vengeance. I can't find it anywhere. Uh, it was a short, like, one season, half season uh, spinoff of Knight Rider, so I've never seen that one. Have you seen- I've never heard of it. Uh, it was like something in the third season, and they did a pilot movie, and it did well, so they did a second pilot movie, if I remember correctly, and then it went to 13 episodes. I can't find it anywhere, so I have no idea how it's really connected to that world. Um... I saw Knight Rider 2000, uh, it just wasn't strong enough, but what I did like, and you, I don't think you did like, was the post-apocalyptic one, Knight Rider 2010. Yeah, that one was not, okay, the, the premise behind it I thought was good, I just didn't like the quality of it. <laughs> That's well, where I was kind of iffy about, it was just, it was very bad. It was a syndicated <laughs> TV movie, I like the concept, I like the actors, um, yeah. but it's barely connected to Knight Rider. I mean, so barely. I don't even understand how they really even called it Knight Rider. Uh, it's just a souped-up car. Uh, I don't. Bl- if I, I haven't watched it in about a year and a half, but uh, if I remember correctly, Kit is not even part of the equation, correct? Right. Knight Rider uh, now Industries it, is not part of it. it. And the funny thing is, it's sort of the, there's no AI whatsoever or any interactive AI until like the end of the movie. 
type of thing, you know? Yeah. And I'll give it this one saving grace is that it is a Mustang. <laughs> Not, okay, for those people who really hated the idea of the uh, the Shelby GT500 being the new kit, this was an old Mustang. This was a classic Mustang. I can't remember what year, but... Um, and I'm just a Mustang fan, so that's probably the only reason that I like that movie beyond that. But <laughs> that was its saving grace for me. Yeah, it's it, it was it was a stretch, and only this is back before UPN and WB existed, and Universal Studios and I think Paramount had teamed up to produce. It was mostly Universal uh, had teamed up to produce uh, something like the Thrilling Action Hour or something. I can't remember what it was called. But uh, this is where the Hercules TV show came from and Rising Sun, which are the only two really successful ones. Of course, Xena came after that. But it was Sam Raimi, uh, Hal Needham, who was responsible for the whole Smoking the Bandit series, the guys behind Midnight Run, all of them getting together either doing a sequel series or a couple original series. They're all somehow connected to something you knew. Um, but I rem- this was one of those pilot episodes, and this is the only one I think that was truly just unsuccessful. It did not get a sequel movie. It didn't get a series. It just flat out just crashed right to the ground. But I liked it. It's just, if it was its own movie, I'd be okay with it. Mm. But barely a Knight Rider at all. Right, definitely, definitely. Uh, the team Knight Rider is the one where we both come together and go, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah, it's another... <laughs> syndicated show from that same company um this is ripped off from mask i think pathetic a live action mask with boring characters mm-hmm. boring vehicles no money for action oh god Oy. that's it Oy. <laughs> this is where you smack your head and oi anyway yeah it's it, it's not good you can find them online though if you're curious just watch an episode or two uh, this leads up to the actual revival sequel series because it is a part of the canon. I mean, this leads directly from the original series is the newer version that was on NBC in 2008, which started off strong. I thought it had a good pilot, and then the series mm-hmm. just stunk. I think they had like one yeah. solid episode where they were uh, their the vehicle was on fire and they were trapped inside and it was going to crash or something like that. I haven't seen it, but uh, Val Kilmer is a terrible voiceover actor for Kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they could have dressed up his voice a little bit or something. It just, sorry Val, love you in a lot of things, but not as Kit. No, well originally it was supposed to be Will Arnett, who plays, uh, he does a lot of voice mm. work, and he does, uh, he's a, a gob on um, Arrested Development. Uh, he was originally the voice actor, and he had some sort of thing in agreement with, I think it was GM at the time. Uh, he was doing commercials for them, and what was the car... What was the car they were using in this series? Uh, it's a Ford 2008 and a 2009, I believe. Um, Shelby GT500 KR. So not a cheap car. Yeah, so, but it's a different company, and they said it was a cross, uh, it was a conflict of interest. So he had to drop right. out and they had to do Val Kilmer, and I think they recorded Val Kilmer like in two weeks, like for all 30 episodes. Me, that's why it's so lifeless, but it damages the series because the relationship in the original yeah. series uh, between Kit and Michael is just wonderful. William Daniels? Daniels, uh, he's yes. The teacher, Mr. Feely, I think is the name on uh, Boy Meets World. Mr. Feeney. 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 Thank you. Uh, you know, Saint Elsewhere for those who don't know what Boys in, Boy Meets World is. And 1776, which we were forced to watch in history yes. class, which isn't that bad, actually. You know, I was looking up inter- interesting facts on him while looking through this. He's played one of the Adams, like, um, oh crap. You mean the <laughs> the president. presidents. Oh, okay. The presidents. Adams family. He's played 
one of them in many different forms in theater and TV and movies over the years. It's it's a little weird, but and apparently there's even a tie-in for Boy Meets World because I guess the school is actually named after one of the presidents as well. But just a little bit tidbit of trivia. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, what was that? That's gross. You been taking for a slug monster? <laughs> taking a drink, man. Taking oh, a drink. Okay, I thought it turned into Night of the Creeps. It all slug in my mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't care for the new series. I just thought the lead was dull. Um, I, I was. I had high hopes. Dustin, Ho- uh, Dustin Hoffman. Oh my God, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> oh my God, it was so like, different. I, <laughs> it was Dustin Hoffman. I, I, <laughs> Pun intended there, sorry. Wait, anyway, moving on. Say, I'm sorry, what? So, that's like night and day. Oh, nice. <laughs> you should be ashamed of that joke, pathetic. <laughs> I should. I'm really thin at showing. Sorry. Well, if, it, if, it, if Dustin Hoffman was the star of Night Rider, it'd be a lot more neurotic and like really method acting. I'd be, it'd be fascinating, but it wouldn't work. No. <laughs> no, but I can't expect like, David Hasselhoff to be part of the new series, and it got canceled, what, after like 13 episodes, and like they had fired most of the staff by then because they ran out of money and no one cared. Thankfully, they put up. They ended that one. Yeah. Well, they, half, the Hoff was in the pilot of that, wasn't he? Not. Yeah, he's at the very end of the movie. Yeah, I can't remember what he what his position was. It was he. Dang it! I couldn't find that episode for whatever reason. I could not find the pilot. Oh shit! I had it. I should have meant to. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, I ended up watching a few of the other episodes, and and it just skips me. Was he like his father, or just? Yeah, he his father he had just been well i mean he had been dead for some well, well, wait a minute hold on so that was 2008 uh okay that doesn't actually wow that doesn't really line up unless he had him right before okay no that if it's if he's his father he would have had to have had him would he have had him as michael knight or his previous persona i have no idea original so is that kid uh part of his uh oh you know how he's always sleeping with the ladies they never really showed him sleeping with the ladies but you know he got ladies at the end of every episode and uh, is that just one of his one episode flings or did he have a wife before he was killed or did he uh, oh my uh, wow he was actually that is interesting enough i just read that before we started this he actually was it was written in one of the storylines somewhere but he was actually engaged to be married before he was killed oh so you think that's i don't know i think he actually proposed to this lady in real life that he was supposed to anyway You know, the one thing I do enjoy about the Knight Rider series, uh, it finally gave an uh, end to Las Vegas. Not a lot of people know it, but there's an episode of Knight Rider, the new series, where he's in Vegas, and in the background, you see Danny McCoy, and I, I can't remember what his, uh, his girlfriend's name, um, but it was James Conn's daughter on the show. Uh, you mm-hmm. see them in the background with the baby, which... If you watch Las Vegas all the way to the very end, it ends with a cliffhanger, and you don't know what happened with everybody. And they, they, they do a little teaser in an episode where they finally kind of get some sort of closure. That is something I did not know. Yeah, it's it's, it's like a little, um, uh, we call those Easter egg, but for people yeah. who... Because the same guy who did the last couple seasons of Knight Rider, or the last couple seasons of Vegas, went on to do Knight Rider. There was one thing, speaking of crossovers if you will this is not technically a crossover but i read that on an episode of different strokes where um arnold and and willis actually snuck onto the set of knight rider no and kidding, really i got killed yeah like yeah. it's kind of cool also if he was just like having a conversation what you talking about kid <laughs> <laughs> yes 
But anyway, I digress. We're talking about the new one now. Um. <laughs> well, there is something to wrap up here. We like to end our episode with your favorite part of the show. Tell us about. Kit. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this a little different this time around because it's Kit. <laughs> it's Kit. It's awesome. It's Kit. Uh, did you have any kits, by the way? Did you have a little toy kit? Uh, oh, I had a kit. Oh, did you have a kit of kit? Hang on one second. I've got something for you. This is a little bit of a uh, nostalgia. Let's see, playback devices, speakers. Oh my God! While you're doing that, did you know? I, I'm lit, reading this up on Wikipedia right now. There was a GPS system that used the voice of William Daniels. So you could be driving to be lost, and you're like, "Kit, t- tell me where the local In-N-Out Burger is," and then and they'll tell you like, "You need to watch your diet, Michael. <laughs> Do not eat burgers and fries." What are you doing? All right, what I have here is a commercial from a toy that I had. This, I might have had a couple other Knight Rider toys, but this is the one I always remember whenever we talk about it. It was a, like a stomper type thing, but it was called Rough Riders. Not stomper, but they were called Rough Riders. Anyway, here it is. Kit here was designed to do the impossible. And I do. But wait till you see this. Rough Riders Impossible. The Knight Rider Impossible set takes on impossible angles and hangs tight. With all this twist and turn and track, this car does things even Kit can't do. Now, wait a minute. There's also the Kit Computer Headquarters. The charge up and move out. Hey, Kit, this set is really something. Don't get carried away. The Knight Rider Impossible set from LJN. <laughs> what do you think of that? Uh, that is awesome. LGN, what a terrible company when it came to video games. But not so bad when it came to toys. Yes, that was quite cool. Um, what, where did you find that? YouTube or something? It's on YouTube. It's called Knight Rider Impossible Set Commercial. Nice. Yeah, I only had nice. the cars. I didn't have anything else. Um, I imagine now there's got to be somebody out there who has a full, like, not a full size, but a larger size version of kit where you can just like push the buttons and it says stuff and open oh oh wouldn't it be awesome if it went into um what is it uh damn it what mode flip mode no no not, not flip mode squad you know uh uh not elite mode uh pursuit mode turbo pursuit mode yeah yeah it'd be cool if they had a version of that where it'd pop out and change and turn into the pursuit version they may have i i know i had i also had another one actually now that i think about it uh it involved the semi or a semi, or something along those lines. But it actually was a larger version, not a matchbox. It was a little bigger, I think. And you launched it. One of the, I don't know if it was a launcher or if you pulled back and let it go. I can't recall. But it would crash through the semi, huh. I think. It's either semi or some obstacle, but it would crash through it. And then you could reset it. And anyway, it was... Anyway, I think that was the only two Knight Rider toys I ever owned, though. Yeah, did you ever play the game? I didn't even know there was a game until I read this. Knight Rider the game by no. the PlayStation for the PlayStation Two. That was like in two thousand four. I've never heard of it. PS two? Yeah. I played the Dukes of Hazard and it sucked. But <laughs> I've never heard of that one. Yeah, I am sure somebody out there has a version of it. You know, I mean, you can download it to your PS uh four. Well I have a PS two, so I might just oh, really? see if I can't find the disc. Oh, yeah. Really? Um, yeah. yeah it says fifteen missions and you meet the characters uh from the show throughout the game. My son is singing in the background, sorry. <laughs> I, can't, I can barely hear him. <laughs> All right, what are the details on the original kit? Details on the original kit. Well, we'll start off with the real details. <laughs> the 1982 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am is what it's based on. Of course, we already know it's voiced by William Daniels. Um, and here's where I'm going to go off a little differently. 
kit is powered by the Knight Industries turbojet with modified afterburners and a computer-controlled eight-speed turbo drive transmission. It'll do zero to 60 miles per hour in two seconds and in 0.2 seconds with its power boosters engaged. Standing to a quarter mile, it'll do it in 4.286 seconds. That is one quick mofo. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Other things it has is uh, electromagnetic hyper-vacuum disc brakes. will bring it to, uh, from 70 mile an hour to a dead stop in 14 feet. And the cool things now, and now we're on to the cool things. It has a molecular bondage shell that have protected him from almost everything except like certain acids and... I believe in one episode there was one chemical compound because they knew how they knew the chemical formula, so they were able to come up with something that would. Anyway, uh, it had a grappling hook. You know, all car, cars like this all need to have this have stuff. All cars have grappling hooks. Period. It That's right. You even have a practical use for it. Just get one installed. I used to have a car that had a smoke screen. What? Really? <laughs> well, it was burning oil, but. Oh. <clears throat> That's right. I was like, you weren't a pot guy, so it obviously wasn't that. No. <laughs> Dave's not here, man. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Dave. Dave. Well, anyway, of course, also the turbo boost that could propel him to speeds at over 200 mile an hour and jump over obstacles as well. Uh, it could not only run on the hydrogen gas that it normally ran on, but it could run on any gas it wanted to. Uh, it just wouldn't get as good a gas mileage, you know. Anyway. <laughs> And of course, it had an ejection seat. Of course, we need those in every car, too. You think Kit's, Deflatable tires. You think what? Kit's, uh, do you think the kit sensed whenever Michael was farting? And like, Michael, <laughs> please stop farting on me. You're burning a hole through the seat. <laughs> stop eating burritos, Michael. You're disrupting my sensors, my olfactory <laughs> sensors. <laughs> well, anyway, that's just a few of the things. That's just scratching the surface. There's a whole laundry list of stuff that's in this car. You know what my favorite uh, kit is? The panel of blinking and beeping lights that just and beep and beep. That came out of Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> All those shows and movies back then, they just had those panels of blinking and beeping lights. Remember when William Shatner does that in an airplane, too? It's just like, I'm just looking right. at panels of lights that are just blinking and bleeping. <laughs> I don't even know what they do. Love it. <laughs> I just found that on Netflix or no Amazon the other day. I got it on my watch list. Such a, Sorry. It's a it's a pretty solid sequel, and people don't give any credit for it. Right, right. Here's a here's the kicker: the cost to build this car in 1982 was eleven eleven million four hundred thousand dollars. You're lying. Eleven million? Not, what? Yeah, How? that's about twenty eight point four million in today's money. God, that's a lot of money. That's like every episode of the show. <laughs> That first season probably cost 11, less than $11 million. Holy crap! Seriously? You, you, get, you gotta... Yeah. <laughs> I think you missed the part where I'm taking this in a different direction. Oh. That's how much it cost in the movie world. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. Oh, my God. I was like, in reality, that's insane. <laughs> Did they build 400 of them? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> I bought Actually, that. Hook, line, and sinker. Oh, where was it? Um... I had how many cars they actually built, but I can't find it now. That was two weeks ago I had that found. Sorry. <laughs> I bet you there's so many oh. of them. I bet you they built so many of these damn cars and just took them on promotional shoots and stuff like that. They're just floating around. If you wanted to get a Knight Rider car from the show, I'd be like, oh, I'll just give it to you. I have 16 of them. It's funny you mention that. I actually do have the information, the real information here. Each car uh, that was used in that season, or, uh, let's see, what does it say? 
They said they ruined like four to nine in each season. <laughs> GM sold them the cars for a buck a piece. What? Yeah. Oh, and it cost about 18000 to modify them. So bad. you figure the math. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder if there's a contest going on between the Dukes of Hazard guys and the Knight Rider guys to see who could trash more. What's your budget oh. this season for cars? Oh, that's nothing. There's a, another information here. This is, the NBC initially did not want to pick this this sitcom up. Sitcom, sorry. This show up. Um, for one reason, one reason alone. My mother, the car. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Thankfully, they changed their mind on that. But and we were, how many episodes ended up coming out? Was it like ninety? Ninety. Yeah. Full seasons back then. They used to do more than twenty-two episodes. Uh, you know, if I didn't just close the Wikipedia on that, I would be able to tell you that answer. But I'm a numbskull. So give me a second, <laughs> Ron. Stall. While they're not looking. Stall. 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 I'm gonna move on to the kit. Uh, what did they call a kit for the new one? Oh. Is it two, three thousand? No, it wasn't three thousand. Mystery Kick. Science Theater three thousand. I don't know. Anyway, so we'll take that bucket list, that laundry list, whatever it is on the on the original kit, and we'll add to it upgraded laser weapon systems, DNA analysis equipment, an in seat medical diagnosis that when somebody's sitting in the sea, he could you know see everything. Anyway. Uh, had military-grade GPS, 3D heads-up display, 360-degree video surveillance. I would love to have that. And a 3D printer that is nothing like what they're offering us today. Yeah. <clears throat> we're getting there, but yeah, I don't think we're anywhere near that. And here's a... Of course, we know he's voiced by Val Kilmer, but here's something I did not know, and I probably I didn't realize until I was watching these episodes again, and I listen to it now, now that I'm older and wiser, somewhat... <laughs> And I'm listening to the voice of Carr, and I'm realizing I'm listening to the voice of Optimus Prime. Oh, is Peter Cullen? It's Peter Cullen. He voiced <laughs> not only the episodes from the original series, but also Carr in the 2008 series as well. So. Nice. I love Peter Cullen. Yes. No kidding. Autobots, roll out. <laughs> that was a terrible impersonation, but you know what I mean. It's a deep baritone. Uh, yeah. Whatever. I like to jam Bumblebee. Let's go. Did you know there are looking to make a movie a revival movie potentially with chris pratt and danny mcbride um i don't know about that danny mcbride what is the voice of kid i'm guessing now this was granted this was listed in february of 14 so it may be long since shelved yeah it's those shows they they were really hot about five years ago everybody had their eye on some sort of 80s property airwolf was in pre-production riptide Fall Guy, you know, uh, all these shows are being optioned, um, but the A-Team movie didn't do very well, and all of a sudden those mm. all disappeared. Then the 21 Jump Street came out and they did it ironically, uh, which you and I both have a problem with. Uh, create your own thing. Create like a straight-up spoof, but don't take the name. Call it something else. Right. Um, right. They're going to take Knight Rider and then make it just pure comedy. The point, if they turn Airwolf into a comedy, right. I'm going to be pissed because that is a badass show. Uh, at least it was for the most part. Season four. Um, well, but, Airwolf was never a comedy. It sh- shouldn't yeah, be one I, now. I don't like those insincere. Like, Starsky and Hutch was a serious drama, and then he turned to a comedy. Right. And that kind of became... Remember that? Like, the show was pretty serious. They dealt with some hard topics, and all of a sudden you see yeah. Ben Stiller and uh, what's-his-face, uh, Wilson, um, Owen Wilson, just goofing the whole time. Like, this this is a slap in the face to the fans. Right. Man. I did. I did like the car, but that's it. <laughs> That car is immortal. Oh, you could put that in the middle right. of a porno and be like, yeah, I know people are having sex, but man, look at that car. 
That's a bad It's funny thing is, yeah, I like probably. the tank. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, man. I think he said he's going to hump that car. Oh, I hope that's not what he said. <laughs> Did you uh, originally watch this when it was on NBC? Yeah. I think most there was of us, no way I was going to miss that one. Yeah, I think most of us, it was right that perfect age when we were like 15, 16 years old. And this premiered and we're like watching the trailers and seeing all, like this is one of the first shows to really utilize CGI effects. Most of the time it was like right. just uh, old school opticals and, uh, you know, like miniatures and stuff like that. We're like, oh my God, they got this on television now? Let me explain some of the scenes that, uh... <laughs> Some in some places, especially with the morphing of the car and whatever, they nailed the CGI. But some of the other CGI, it's just it felt like something I could have done on my own computer. Yeah, you know? well, just, you know, it was at a time when you know budgets for TV shows were like a million dollars maximum, and right. it was still a relatively new idea. I think Terminator Two is the yes. first one to really do the morphing effects. But if you watch th this and uh, oh, what am I thinking of? A uh, Sequest. Uh, uh, premiered around the same time on NBC, and you look at Sequest, which is a highly underrated TV show. Uh, yes. The special effects are seriously dated. Most of these TV shows just couldn't afford to have uh, film quality effects. No, but I'll give them that. Trying, yeah. <laughs> it didn't keep me. It didn't stop me from watching it. I love the show. So now this is from Paul DeMio and Danny Bilson. Uh, they are the creators of the Flash TV show from 1990 that I love so much, and they also created the Sentinel. I don't know if you remember any of those. Oh yeah, I remember the Sentinel. And uh, they had done some low-budget movies, which were a lot of fun. They did Trancers. Do you remember that series? Yeah. They did Trancers, and um, I want to say, oh, there's another. Oh, The Rocketeer. They did The Rocketeer for Disney. Really? Yeah, so they brought a lot of mythos to uh, Viper. Viper could have been a generic action show, which is the way a lot of these syndicated TV shows were, is it didn't even really matter about the plot. It's just, as long as they had action every 10 minutes and they had good characters, that was all that mattered. But uh, they knew that this is more sci-fi bent, and sci-fi fans want a world. You want to build this universe that it exists in. You lost me, sorry. <laughs> what, 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 because you couldn't hear Dead me? Dead silence, oh. dead silence, oh, sorry. Okay. No, but I just, you know, this is during a time period where a lot of the, I should say, everybody, uh, it was on for 13 episodes on NBC, and then it got canceled, but it did very, very well internationally. For some reason, it's huge in Germany. I have no idea why. Um, they love them. They love Viper and Hasselhoff. That's what they like in Germany. <laughs> and Niederhausen. <laughs> so it did nice. well internationally, and I think it started being rerun on Sci-Fi Channel when it, uh, like, its first couple years. And so they decided to bring it back in syndication. Now, 
you and I, for some reason, we used to watch a lot of these syndicated TV shows, especially like Hercules and Xena, that kind of stuff we watched a lot of. Hercules, Hercules! <laughs> but most of the action-oriented ones were pretty generic, and you could watch one episode and never care again. But, like, the sci-fi stuff, like, you know, Star Trek was syndicated, uh, Babylon 5 was syndicated. The ones more sci-fi bent, uh, I think, took more care into creating a world. Yeah, yeah. That's a Babylon's one I just recently got into. I don't know why it took me so long. I'm a big sci-fi fan. I'm not sure why I never jumped on the bandwagon with that one, but... Yeah, I've only I seen the first season. Awesome show. Yeah. That's I, I'm one. only on second season. That's another one that started with uh, early CGI effects, and it's really, really dated because you can almost see like the texture. Like, like you're, it's almost like um, you can see the bits and pieces. The zero one zero one zero one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good show when it comes to plot and world building. <clears throat> Definitely. So this is a straight up Canadian show. Uh, this is one of the few Canadian shows we picked up by a major network. I think the only two uh, were this and Due South. Which, if you've never seen Due South, seriously, go find it. I don't think I've heard of that one. You've never heard of Due South? Oh, my God! You, uh, i got to send you some... Uh, there's some. I think the episodes are up on YouTube. Just like Viper, all these episodes are up on YouTube. The only problem is, for me, they were cut up. Like every, It was like part one, part two, part three, part four for every episode. So you'd watch a 15-minute clip and go to the next one. Um, but this series is coming out from VEI, uh, which is a Canadian company, but they release them in America for the same price. And it's supposed to be the complete series. I... Yes, I do know that show. Sorry. Due South. He's a Mountie. Right. Gotcha. In Chicago. Gotcha. We're, all, I'm all, we're good. Um, so, so, sadly, Viper was canceled after 13 episodes. Like I said, it got renewed for uh, syndication. Um, but here's the weird thing is they fired almost everybody. <laughs> right. Let's start from scratch. Yeah. So, <laughs> Joe Napoti um, is the only actor to stay in the entire series. Uh, he's. I actually like the original cast better than the syndicated cast. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm about the same way myself. I think I'm glad of... they kept Frank. Frankie, if they'd have gotten rid of Frank, yeah, I probably would have had to stop watching. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a fun character, but I think there's a lot of gravitas that Dorian Harewood uh, brings to the series. He's one of the only yes. ones that in here is like a known actor. Like he did a ton of stuff throughout the '80s and '90s. Yeah, he did a lot of voice work too. If you look at some animated shows during the '90s, he was in a lot of them. I find there's a lot of people like that. I did. It's like. That's how they keep busy in the off time. They they go to him in animation and voiceovers. Yeah, the uh, so the original actor, the main star James Caffrey, uh, he was let go, but then brought back for the last season. So uh, I can't remember who the actor is that stepped in between three. Why can't I remember this? My brain is putting two and three. That would have been Cakey. Oh, I just... Jeff Cakey. Cakey. Right. I don't want to yeah. say Cakey and not cocky. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they they look very similar. I don't. They're not the same character, but they look almost like the same person. This is weird. Like bland Canadian white guys in their thirties. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to say I'm a bigger fan of McCaffrey myself. But yeah, the original guy, he had a lot more <laughs> edge to him. Um, so basically, if you've never seen the show, it takes place in like the not not too distant future. Basically, it's like tomorrow is I think what they say in the opening credits. Um, so it's still relatable to our world where it's not overwhelmed with like, oh, this new gadget, these effects. You know, sometimes when you watch sci-fi shows and it's so um, obsessed with whatever the next level is that you kind of, you can't connect to it. Like you have no relate to it. Yeah. And this is set. Go ahead, sorry. Well, this is supposed to set, be set in the near future too. That, that kind of helped it. Yeah. And it's in a big city. I can't remember. If, is this actually in a legitimate city or a made up city? I, I feel like this made is made up city. I was going to say. It, it Metro looks, city is. That's right. Yeah. So it looks like Chicago. It looks like that kind of city, but it was, I think it was shot in Toronto and then later shot in Vancouver. 
Um, but it's, it's, it's supposed to be like almost like a comic book is what it feels like. Uh, the city's being taken over by crime, and they take a guy who's actually on the bad side and make him good. You know, it takes a criminal to catch a criminal, and, you know, he gets this awesome vehicle, this, this Viper, which at the time I had never heard of. And my mind was blown when I saw it. It's still an amazing uh, vehicle. And um, I don't know much about the Viper, though. Could you uh, uh, clue me in on uh, what's up with the Viper? The Viper. <clears throat> the Viper. Well, this was designed by none other than, um, yeah, Unique Movie Cars of Las Vegas. We, we've talked about these guys before in a few of our other episodes. Uh, they did the Fall Guy, A-Team, Hardcastle McCormick's cars. Uh, Knight Rider, Nash Bridges, to name a few. So, needless to say, they've they've been around for a while, and um, they seem to be like the go-to guys out there. Um, there were two cars used. Uh, there was a '94. It was a flame red RT10 Viper uh, Roadster, and I think oh, what was it? It was a '96 Cobalt Blue Metallic Viper GTS used in the final season. Um, one interesting note is that uh, like a lot of the cars that were designed. For a movie, this car was designed by Chrysler. That that may sound like yeah, duh, it's it's a Viper, duh. But this is the first year this year this this movie or this TV show was essentially created it in mind to um, it's a what's the word I want to use? Um, it's a big promotion for the Viper because this was the first year that it came out. Uh, it's essentially a big commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Best commercial ever. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But unfortunately, it didn't take off. Well, we got four seasons out of it eventually. But anyway, that being said, um, when they were asked to to put this car together, they had 40 days, I think they said, 40 days to come up with 14 principal cars and 200 non-principal cars for the show. Um, They purchased 14 cars from Chrysler, and then they proceeded to tear them all down. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, I guess you guys... (laughs) <laughs> well, this is a pretty I don't know what they were going for price wise I, I should have looked that up but <clears throat> anyway but the Defender itself they used these 14 cars they stripped them down and then they rebuilt them in the ways that they needed for the various different scenes obviously it's what they'd always do um, some cut away where half the cars there and uh, uh, but the Defender itself was a whole new car I, I don't know if they used an actual Dodge um Viper chassis or not, but they had to stretch it an extra two feet to fit in all those gadgets. And we'll get to the gadgets here in a minute. There's a whole fancy uh, song list of those. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a cool note is the Viper itself, when it first came out, did not have side windows. Huh. No side windows, no air conditioning. Oh my <laughs> this God. Was a very, this is so warm. Woo. Right? Yeah. Very Spartan car altogether. I think it had said something about having lumbar support in the back. But beyond that, this thing was just pure, uh, visceral, put-you-in-your-seat power car and apparently got a little squirrely on the high end <laughs> once you got it up to speed. So if you didn't know what you were doing, you could easily wrap that thing around a tree. But uh, that's what I love. Well, they put these in video games. That was the only car that you get in there and you chop on the gas and it would just sit there and spin while everybody else took off, you know. <laughs> but anyway, back to the task at hand. The the 94 RT10 was what they were used for the first three seasons, and it had uh, a V10 based on Chrysler's LA V8. And this V10, now, now this is actual specs. This is not the car they actually used, because if I remember correctly, the, the engine that was, um, they changed out some of the engines depending on their need. So if 
I re- I remember reading somewhere like the last remaining of the 14 vehicles has a V8 in it. I think it was on the Meekum website when it was up for auction. Uh, but the actual car housed a V10 that was actually designed by Lamborghini, who was then owned by Chrysler, who is now owned by VW of all companies. <laughs> no- <laughs> I did not expect that answer. I did not expect that. I know nothing about cars, people. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> all right, no, I'm not putting down VW by any means. They've got some awesome vehicles out there, but it just seems odd. But anyway, um, that Lamborghini's on. Anyway. <laughs> Back to the task at hand. So this particular engine, the V10 actual engine, was 488 cubic inches, had a boring stroke of 4 to 3.88, and a red line of 6,000 RPM. It had 400 brake horsepower and 465 foot-pounds of torque. It could go from 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds. <laughs> so what I got, like I said, put you in your seat, <laughs> press your, your face seat. off. <laughs> press you against your seat, <laughs> flatten you, <laughs> put you right in the back seat. <laughs> Well, there is no backseat. It would make a backseat. All right. In the trunk. Is there a trunk? Trunk. You're sitting on the sidewalk. You're outside going, where's my car? That's right. Where's my car? Where's my car? Judging by how squirrel it, maybe that's why it always got squirrel at high speeds, because there's nobody behind the freaking wheel. (laughs) I lost another one, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You realize you're driving without a car? So, you know, it's like, it's like those old cartoons where the car goes and you're still sitting there in midair. Your hands are on an imaginary <laughs> wheel and you're just kind of hovering. You look down, you blink a couple of times, like, huh, that's funny. Oh, <laughs> oh not again. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so uh, in 1996, when they see the fourth season, they, spoiler alert, uh, had to replace the car because the original was destroyed. No. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, was it the bad kit? Was it what was the car? Did the car come in and destroy Viper? <laughs> I think it, I think that's a, I think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> well, um, actually, you're very similar, eerily similar as to why that happened. And if you want me to touch on that, I can. No, it's okay. We'll I actually, come... I have barely touched upon season four. I gotta, I gotta finish it up. All right, well, we'll just leave that alone and let everyone else watch it, figure it out for themselves. We'll just say uh, the evil comes in. Anyway, um... <laughs> Twirling his <laughs> mustache. Hologram mustache. <laughs> I'll save you now. <laughs> That's the wrong Mountie. Anyway, I'll save um... you, Viper! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um... Where was I, man? I lost myself. My car took off without me. <laughs> Um, just, oh, every 96. Time get lost, every time you get lost, you just do like a narration of a trailer. In a world where Ron doesn't know where we are in the pot, Antonio Banderas and Isabella Rosalini are Viper. <laughs> and he's back. Um, okay, so the, I think 96 is when they changed, They started changing the overall design of the body. And I think I remember, don't quote this percentage. I'm going to just throw 70% out there. It might be a different number. Uh, but it was a large part of the car had changed over. So this was a changeover design year. Um, and the RT10 for 1996 gave it an extra 15 horsepower, and it bumped up the torque to about 488 foot-pounds. Now, this is also the year they actually finally started, they, they put out a coupe version. I mean, all that freaking power, and it was an open-top car. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's kind of screwy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they finally brought the GTS Coupe option in here, and it had the V10, but it increased it up to 450 horse, so it kind of needed that hardtop. <clears throat> as far as torque numbers go, I, uh, I do have that. It's 488 foot-pounds of torque now, so definitely melt your face off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, everybody take a deep breath. My face! Everybody take a deep breath and sing along with me. Tell me, doctor, where are we going this time? Is that what we're going to sing? I just, I just picked uh, up this, this, this is the long list of gadgets. Oh, we'll okay. sing that next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <gasps> Season one. Four-wheel drive mode with inflatable tires that go off-road. Hologram projector. Reconnaissance probe. Retractable battering rams. Twin weapon pods on either side that house a static pulse EMP emitter. Missiles. Grapple hook launcher. Also, rear metal grapple, grapple, blah, 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 grapple grabber, launcher. Grabber. <laughs> the grabber, blah, and of course, it was what a what a what a grappler, dwobbler. It had armor plating. Take a deep breath now. <gasps> Season two introduced a turbine booster, and I must say, come on, Kit had that right out of the package. Yes. Okay. So... Before you go any further into this, let me say this: there are some gadgets. Clearly, Viper um, feels like an updated version of Night Rider. But if you look yes. at the remake, the 2000, what is it, 9 series of Knight Rider, clearly stole uh -huh. everything from this. Viper, yes. Yeah, I mean, Viper, I, I totally 100% agree. Yeah, and it's much worse. Much, much worse than Viper. I will say, if you if you get it in mind to watch the newer Knight Rider <laughs> show, uh, watch the pilot movie, kick yourself in the nuts, and go back to watching Viper. <laughs> Less painful. Unless you're a really diehard Mustang fan, and then, well, you know. But, you know, if you're... If you're Died in the wolf Ford fan, as opposed to you know, kick the Chrysler guys to the curb kind of guy. Then you can go that direction. But <laughs> I will never understand the war. And every time I see a Calvin, either a little Calvin thing peeing on the Chrysler, the Dodge, I'm like, they're both guys. right. What, what is wrong with you? They're both vehicles. I am. I'm not part of that thing though, where it's like, oh, Cubs or White Sox, uh, uh, Dodgers or Giants, or you know, one party against another. And I'm just like, you know, it's. Just, just stop it. Just stop. I have, enjoy both or hate both. <laughs> I, I have to say White Sox. Sorry, man. Oh, no. <laughs> well, the Cubs are, are stomping you in the ground this year. I lied. I'm all about the Cubs. <laughs> I know, but I'm not I'm not a uh, Fairweather fan either. So, uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, I've been, you know, tromped on for quite a few years now. But <clears throat> anyway, I digress. Seen, you've seen me get an ulcer over the Cubs. Uh, as much as the Cubs stress me out every single year, I'm like, they're going to do it, aren't they? Please tell me they're going to do it. And I'll watch till the end of the season. It's like, why did I waste the whole year? Why did he die, Doctor? I think it was Cubs fanitis. It was. Um, His heart exploded. <laughs> Either way, if they I'm win, I'm sorry, heart, Cubby fans. If, I, if they win, my heart swells up and it explodes. If they lose, it shrivels up into dust and fades away. It's like the Grinch. He's heart swelled three times his sight. Anyway. And they had to take him to the hospital immediately because it was bursting through his chest. <laughs> right? <laughs> the Grinch is dead! Love killed him! Well, there's better ways to die, or worse ways to die, I mean. Well, okay, back to season two as I've rudely... <laughs> All right. All right, let me have a voice back. <clears throat> take a deep breath. Previous All right, we left one. off a turbine booster. Okay, has a voice amplifier. I have no idea what that is, other than probably a PA system. Well, but, uh, later, later he would use it in Scream. Do you like scary movies? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's just another thing to add to the list and make it look, you know, look at all the gadgets he has. How many does anyway. he use? One, just one. 
Bond. <laughs> it's funny. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. How um, much money, the James Bond movies, how much money did they spend on those gadgets that he uses once? Once, exactly. <laughs> Q hated him. <laughs> He's like, what'd you do with it? <laughs> I don't know. It's out there in the river with the crocodiles. I don't know. That thing cost $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they had to replace Q, because he had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Five, you know, eight, every time he brought home, nothing. <clears throat> anyway, um... <laughs> All right, so deep breath. Me, 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 me. Okay, rear-mounted 50 caliber machine gun replaced the rear grapple launcher. Uh, twin 7.62 millimeter machine guns, twin, twin Stinger missile launchers, twin high-powered lasers. I'm seeing a theme here. And an infrared upgrade for the probe. Season 3 brought them a bolo net launcher. I think we're going back into the Middle Ages there. But, um, <laughs> Do we and have a flamethrower. Fire, fire, fire. <laughs> what? Do we have a mace on a chain? Do we have a crossbow? Right? That would have been awesome. <laughs> it would have been so time-consuming, though. Oh, damn. There goes another one. Got to reload. Uh, how about a, a catapult? Wait, wait, catapult, yes. They do have a flamethrower. True, true. You know, that's what everybody, teenage, every teenage boy needs. Uh, and some adults, Dave. <clears throat> anyway, um, <laughs> all right, season four, almost there. Spoilers, already said that. After destroying the car in Season 3, the Viper GTS took over the mantle with its previous gadgets, came also a new hovercraft mode. Torpedo launchers deployed from front fenders in hover mode only. And here's where the uh, one gadget only type things comes in. Well, there was a rear-mounted mom launcher, a cloaking device, which was only used in two episodes, and manual overdrive and traction control, which were never used. <laughs> and last but not least, everybody now sing it with me. And a partridge in a pear tree. That cloak itself. <laughs> um, so you can see that they were desperately trying to save the show in the fourth season by adding a whole new mode for the Viper and these new gadgets. Yes. I want to know if Chrysler was paying for part of the show. Because you and I know both the that these syndicated shows were always really low budget. Because even with Hercules, those special effects were just like, oh, this is, were these made out of kids out of high school training with CGI program for the first time? I mean, they were awful. Right. And, you know, Viper by this time, the ratings had gone down somewhat. So I'm curious if Chrysler paid part of the production cost because Viper does not bore you. There is hardly an episode that's just like, oh, that was dull, nothing happened. Tons of effects, right. tons of action, and... Um, I, I'm guessing that that's what they did. They probably paid for part of the show as a promotion. It's like, well, we could pay for commercials or pay for part of this. Everything I read made me, but at least for first season or at least for the pilot, I don't know if it went beyond that or not. But everything I read seems to lean towards Chrysler actually backed it. But I can't find any hard concrete evidence stating that fact. Yeah. So, Plus, it but. was a big international hit, so maybe that's part of it. I mean... Uh, some shows like Baywatch, they did okay in America, but overseas, holy shnikes, you know, it's no wonder they had so much right. money to throw around for 12 models per episode. But um, some of the syndicated shows we watch, and nothing happens. There, there was a TV show we were going to do on this called Cobra, which the vehicle's amazing, <laughs> and I like my, Michael Dudikoff, but I gotta tell you, every yeah. single episode, nothing happens. Nothing ever right. happens. <laughs> You fast forward to the parts where the car peels out. And then... Yeah, that's it. And, uh, you know, uh, Viper does reuse some special effects. I've seen, like, I'll watch an episode. I go, oh, they reused that, like, 12 episodes ago. And that, that's right. kind of par for the course, actually, with a special effects show. Um, don't tell me that the one of the greatest sci-fi shows of all time, Star Trek, didn't reuse special effects. Right. I mean, it gets pricey after a while. Yeah. 
<laughs> the TV show V, <laughs> the last two episodes <laughs> of the first season, I swear, every single special effects shot is from the miniseries two, year, <laughs> two years earlier. The miniseries, uh, okay, you lost me there. The V, the original, or? Well, there's two miniseries for V. There's the first one, and then there's the final battle, which is a lie, because then there was a television series, which lasted 18 episodes, and the last three mm-hmm. episodes, by then, there, there's no money left whatsoever. They fired most of the cast or killed them off. And uh, all the special effects are reused from the movie. That's right. And I'm like, oh, I love this show. What the hell happened? Right. <laughs> okay, I forgot about that. I, I remember watching that when it came out. but Yeah, I was a bit obsessed with it. I'm a little obsessed with V-Head. Yeah, I, I apparently I'm not as obsessed. <laughs> yes, I had the comic books, uh, one of the toys. I was I had the, the books. There was novelizations. There was like 20 books that were based on the series. And they're amazing. They're all so beautiful and wonderful. Uh, no real, no real um, merchandising for Viper. Nowhere can I find. Do they make toys of it or comic? I feel like there was a DC comic book of Viper though, like the miniseries, but no video games. It seems like they would have. Now you said you played uh, a Viper in a video game, but not this Viper, like the normal one, right? Uh, yeah, normal Viper. Yeah, there was a couple's out. Uh, there's like a Tyco RC car I'm seeing right now. Um, uh, for the Viper series. Oh, okay. So there was a few toys out there. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure there was a mini-series from DC Comics. But other than that, not a lot of merch. Even though the show uh, seems to be fondly remember. If I bring it up to people, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I like that show. You know, I remember you and I used to watch this on the weekends during college. You know, if, if you, mm-hmm. I hated playing football. You didn't mind it, but you didn't always go play football. So we find ourselves, like, on the Saturday board watching, like, syndicated TV shows like Viper and Hercules and stuff like that. Hercules! I remember watching every episode of Hercules at least twice. <laughs> and when... Um, Bruce Campbell came on the scene, and you know, you, you can't miss those. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I had to watch those. Because we were fans of Bruce Campbell before he was even really a thing, because most people didn't know right? who he was until, like, Burn Notice. Right. That's sad. That That's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've never heard of Briscoe <laughs> County Jr.? Right? I still need to get my hands on that. <clears throat> All right, anyway. so, yeah, I'm looking right here. DC Comics did do a miniseries for Viper. I should go find that, see if it's any good. Um, I don't know how many people, other than our parents, would know who Spirit is. No, so we'll let you guys look them up on your own. He's, he's They're good, but we'll leave it at that. Anyway, he he did. I guess Eddie Jobson did uh, the first season only uh, for the pilot the first season, and then Jay Ferguson took over for the rest of the seasons. Yeah, Jay Ferguson's a name you see a lot in these kind of TV shows. Yes. He did a ton of them. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nice. Yeah. NCIS, The Office. Yeah. Anyway, all right. I just wanted to touch on that before we left. Okay. <laughs> that's all I got on that. No, that's all right. <laughs> All right, everybody, that is it for us here. Time to say goodbye, Ron. Goodbye, Ron. <laughs> I mean, Mike. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the best. All right, everybody, have a good night. Hey, ladies.